You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. And welcome to episode 61 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith. And today we are going to be talking about when to pick apples. So a lot of us don't really know when to pick apples because it's not really something we have to think about. We just kind of go and pick out ones from the grocery store. But if you moved into a house that had an apple tree, like I did when we bought our house, or you planted your own apple tree and this is the first year that your apple tree has borne fruit, you might be wondering right about now whether you should start picking your apples or not. So I'm going to be talking about the hints, the things that you should be looking for, the sights and the smells and other things that you can kind of use to judge whether or not your apples are ready for picking, along with some surprising stuff as to kind of the appearance of your apples and what is still safe to eat, even if it's not looking the best. So that's what I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. But first, a word from our sponsor. If you're new to owning an apple tree, the end of summer is so exciting. It's almost time for harvest, but it's kind of hard to know when to pick apples if you've never done it before. Like I said, especially since trees start being ready to harvest from and start dropping apples at different times. Some varieties start maturing even like as early as July, while others mature as late as October or even November. And a lot of factors actually come into play when it comes to ripeness, like whether the growing season has been dry or rainy, whether temperatures have been hotter or cooler than average that year. The load of apples on the tree matters too. So if it's like a heavy bearing year or if it's a lighter bearing year. So there's, like I said, a lot of things to kind of factor in. So I have some tips here in this episode for knowing when to pick apples from your tree. But first, let's cover a little bit of kind of knowledge about what drops first from the tree and when. So it's important to keep in mind that lower fruit on a tree and blemished fruit drops first. Apple trees have this amazing way of letting go of the less than stellar fruit that's on the tree in order to let the strongest fruit on the tree grow to their full potential. So if you walk out one day and you find that your tree has started dropping fruit, don't panic and like drag out the ladder quite yet. Because chances are, if you examine the apples that are being dropped, and this might not always be the case, but a lot of times it is in my experience, and you compare them to the ones that are still on the tree, you'll often find that the apples that have been shed are smaller or they have holes or blotches or other blemishes on them. They're also likely from a part of the tree, like the lower part of the tree, that isn't getting as much sunlight which is a key reason to make sure that your apple tree is pruned and shaped correctly so that 
as much as possible the apples on the tree are getting a lot of sunlight. Now, don't get me wrong, many of these dropped apples are actually totally edible. For instance, they're great for applesauce where looks don't matter at all because you're pureeing it, right? You're not biting into the whole thing. Um, Sooty blotch and small blemishes often come off or can easily be cut out when the apple is peeled. So sooty blotch is something that I mentioned in my previous episode about how to care for an apple tree. It's a fungal infection that arises when, you know, weather is wet or humid and then also the fruit isn't thinned out, which makes air circulation around the individual pieces of fruit difficult and so fungus has a tendency to grow. Um, There's a couple different funguses but sooty blotch is one of them and it shows up as kind of like this well soot honestly so it's kind of like this dark gray um, almost like powdery looking stuff but a lot of times you can actually kind of shine that off the apple and and wash it and and eat it anyway. Um, Same thing if little insects have been kind of nibbling at it, you know, it's not going to look the prettiest on the outside and it's not going to be, you know, the kind of fruit that you're going to want to, as one of my friend's three-year-old daughter says, haunch into. That's what she calls it when you bite into an apple. She calls it haunching, which if that's not the cutest thing in the world, I don't know what is. But um, it's not the kind of apple that you're going to want to store or eat whole. You know, those apples are totally fine to peel and cook and turn into applesauce. It's not really something you need to worry about. What you should not eat is, you know, any apple that has a very obvious sign of rot. So those signs would be, you know, large open sort of wounds or for lack of a better word, sores on the apple, pieces, parts of the apple that are like mushy and dark and just kind of gross. I have some really great pictures on the sister post for this episode, which you can find the link to in the show notes that kind of compare, okay, what is an apple that has like some cosmetic defects that I would still eat versus what's rotted and I and I would not eat. So if you're not sure, you can hop over to that sister post and take a look. Examine dropped fruit, you know, and take in any that look healthy overall. Even if they fall into the ground, yes, they are probably going to be a little bit bruised, but you can, as long as you peel them, and, and cook them down in a, in a fairly quick manner, it's not really going to matter. And make sure to compost or otherwise dispose of the ones that aren't fit to eat because rotting fruit that's left rotting on the ground invites pests, you know, not just bugs, but also um, squirrels and raccoons. And it also invites bacteria and mold, you know, fungus, that sort of thing. So we want to make sure that we're clearing it out from underneath the tree um, on a semi frequent basis, I would say at least once a week. So aside from that little caveat thing in the beginning, let's talk about how to know when it's time to harvest apples. So the first thing you can do is you can count forward from bloom time. Some apple varieties, like you can actually count the number of days from bloom and use that as an indicator of maturity. But Like I said in the beginning, it's important to know that this will never be an exact guide because weather patterns from year to year, a lot of things to do with the weather, heat, cold, rain, drought are 
going to have an impact on, you know, the number of days it takes for apples to get to maturity from bloom. And it's also not something that you might know right off the top of your head. Really, there's I would say a few, a handful. I was actually only able to find four, and I have them listed in the sister post for this episode that you can actually kind of count on days from bloom time. So with Jonathan apples, typically it's about 135 days from bloom. Delicious, red delicious um, is 145 days. Golden delicious, same thing, 145 days from bloom. And then wine sap apples is 155 days from bloom. Like I said, not stone clad, you know, not something that you can always guarantee it's going to take them exactly that many days, but hopefully that gives you a frame of reference if you have one of those varieties planted. If you don't have one of those varieties planted or you don't even know what variety you have planted in your backyard, I personally don't because we didn't plant the tree. I just know that it's a blush apple color and they're they're kind of small. They're really delicious. They're not tart at all, but you would want to examine the apple's color. So thanks to years of buying apples in grocery stores, we all know what a ripe apple looks like. Green apples like Granny Smith's should be bright green, while Golden Delicious should transform from green to yellow. Red apples should go from green to uniformly crimson in color. Blush apples, like the ones I have in my yard, are a little trickier, and I had to learn to judge their ripeness kind of by trial and error, and now I know kind of what to look for in terms of the color patterns. Parts of the apple will be red and others green, so you, what you want to do if you have a blush variety of apple growing on a tree in your backyard or on your property is try to wait until the green parts of the apple start to turn yellow to pick them, especially in the areas around kind of the top of the stem and then the calyx um, at the bottom. That's what the bottom part of the apple is called, is the calyx. The next thing you would want to do is check the apple's flesh and seeds. So when you feel like the color is nearing ideal, pick a test apple and cut it open. The flesh of a ripe apple is just like what you would get from the grocery store, right? It's crisp, it's sweet, or it's a balance of sweet and sour, and it's juicy. Unripened apples have a hard, sour, and somewhat dry flesh. Honestly, a lot of times you don't even have to taste it to know that it's not ripe. You can see it. And more of a light green color is an indicator that it's not ripe yet. So the flesh, the inside of the apple, should be like a light cream or an off-white. It shouldn't have a green tinge to it anymore. I will note that taking a bite of an unripened apple won't hurt you. The worst it will do is give you kind of a gassy stomach ache because of all the ethylene gas that is in unripened fruit or that it creates, it gives off. So to play it safe, you know, if you don't want to give yourself a stomach ache and even one bite might not, but just in case, take a bite and if it's not ripe yet, just spit it out. You can also, when you cut your apple open, judge the maturity of an apple by its seeds. The seeds, which are also known as pips um, in a ripe apple, will be dark brown. If you cut open an apple in late July or early August, and you're not sure what variety it is, and you don't know if it's a variety that will start maturing in July or not, if it's not, you'll find that not all of the seeds have matured and they're a much, you know, lighter color or they're like a green. They're not the dark brown, you know, hard seeds that you're used to seeing in a ripened apple. 
You can also test the maturity of an apple depending on how easy it is to pick. A fully ripened apple will be very easy to pick because the stem has begun to harden and it started to lose that flexibility that a, a nice young green stem will have. So try to only pick apples that come off the branch easily when lifted and twisted slightly. Sort of the same effort, amount of effort that you would put into picking a tomato, right? So you kind of reach your hand up under it, lift it a little bit and twist it off. And just the same as with a tomato, if they resist at all, they need to stay on the tree a bit longer and get a little bit more mature. When harvesting apples, remember to place them gently in a bushel basket, especially if you are planning on storing whole apples for eating throughout the fall and winter. Like I said, you know, dropping an apple on the ground is not that big of a deal, but it can create bruising, which results in mushy spots the longer you let it sit. And nobody likes biting into a mushy apple. So for those apples that you're planning on storing whole, you know, you're not planning on cooking them down into sauce or pie filling, make sure that you are gently placing them in a bushel basket. You're not letting them drop. You're not throwing them, that kind of thing. For those apples that are way, way at the top of the tree, I have had too many close calls to count thinking that I could just get a ladder and either get up to the top of the ladder or get up into the tree and pick the stuff that I needed, especially since the ground around my apple tree is not even at all really, really not smart of me. And I don't know why I resisted it for the longest time, probably because I like to do everything the hard way first. Um, and that is to get a fruit picker. It looks like this little kind of basket with these tines that sort of claw up and over the top. So basically what you do is you kind of reach it up on a pole and you get the the stem of the apple between those two tines and you pull on it and the apple falls into the little, you know, wire basket that's underneath those two tines. Like I said, I resisted it for a while, but some still remained out of reach, even if I climbed up into the tree or to the top of the ladder. And I really hated having to leave them because those apples at the very top of the tree are probably some of the best because they get the most sunshine. They typically end up staying on there the longest. Um, they're typically the biggest as a result. Um, and so getting a fruit picker will really just allow you to get all those ones that are at the very top. And most fruit pickers will attach to any threaded sort of screw on handle, like a broom handle that you can find at your local hardware store. If you can't find them in the lawn and garden section, I've actually found them sometimes in the section with the paint rollers. I don't understand why. Maybe that's just because that's where they have the handles um, with the with the threaded screw on tips on them. And so you just get all the accessories that go with that in the same place. I don't know what their reasoning is, but I have found them there if you can't find them in the lawn and garden area and they're super helpful. So those are all my tips for knowing when to harvest your apples. Like I said, you know, some apples on the tree are going to be ready sooner than others. So if they don't come off with that easy sort of amount of lifting and twisting, let them stay on the tree a little bit longer. You know, unless you're really gung-ho on processing all of your apples all at once and cutting down on your canning effort, 
even then, I would say if you're making something like applesauce or, you know, something that you're cooking down, you could process those apples, you know, peel them and chop them up and then freeze them and wait to do all of your, you know, cooking down and canning in one large batch once all of the apples have, have ripened. If, you, if you're worried about making sure that you're picking your apples at, at peak ripeness. So that is it for today. In the next episode, I am going to be talking about a little thing called seed fermentation. This is something that I think escapes a lot of new gardeners and with good reason. To me, like I almost found out about it by accident and it's kind of an obscure little fact. So certain seeds really, really benefit from fermentation before drying and storing them. It helps them achieve better germination rates the following year. So I'm going to be going into which seeds that's true for and how to complete the fermentation process in the next episode. So you have that to look forward to. But until then, thank you so very much for listening as always. And I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.